episode was brought to you by our longtime Patreon supporters like Amy Swan, Greg and Pearl Morgan, and Joel Robertson, and new patrons like Carl Davis, Nick Stumpf, and Chad Stice. Stick around for an extended shout-out at the end. Now on to the episode. Welcome to another episode of Father and Son Watch Horror Movies. I am your co-host, the father, a.k.a. Pastor Matt, and I am joined as always by my trusty sidekick, Jackson the Sun, and remember to download this episode before you listen. It might just save your life. What does that mean? That. I couldn't do the, uh, I was trying to do the Frog you, Brothers. Oh, you were trying? Listen, you have to, you have to add a little uh, attitude to it, Jackson. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. yeah. yeah. I, I need gotta a bandana get a little... to sink into the character. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. They, not to get ahead of myself here, but they told Corey Feldman to do uh, Stallone, and I don't think he could do it either. So uh, yeah. I don't feel too bad about my impression. No. And so, in fact, well, we'll get to it. 87, Stallone wasn't doing Stallone. He was doing the fake glasses and Armani suits. But anyway, we are a spoiler podcast. We do spoil the movies we discuss. And today, and uh, I've been waiting for this one, we are covering on its 35th anniversary from 1987, The Lost Boys. And to do this right, we called in a frequent and favorite guest, the child groom behind Retro Movie Geek and one of the horror adventures from Shay of the Dead's new horror movies, Gilman Joel Robertson. Welcome back, buddy. I am here. I am happy. Uh, I have been married since I was 13. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> happily. You got to have happily. Happily. I, of course, happily. Yes. Now, she <laughs> may not have been happily, but, you know, I am. Yeah. You know, I'm a happy oh. idiot. <laughs> well, ironically, last night I came home to watch this movie for a, one of our services at church and found a bat flying around the house. Perfect. Um, yes, to uh, quote an 80s trope, coincidence or psychic phenomenon. Um, I, I've dealt with bats in this. I'm in an old house built in 1929 that my unfortunately my wife fell in love with. And we've had about a dozen bats in the last six years. And so I've learned how to deal with them. But it's always an absolute pain in the rear. But anyway, the Lost Boys, the IMDb summary reads, after moving to a new town, two brothers discover that the area is a haven for vampires. Eh, OK, Um Joel, when did you first see The Lost Boys? I would have first seen this, so it's 87. I'm going to guess it would have been out on video by some point in 88, right? Mm. That sounds right? Because mm -hmm. I feel like I saw this. I know I rented it with friends. I had uh, my mom and my stepfather lived in an apartment complex in St. Pete, and one of the guys there I was friends with for decades and decades and decades. That make it sound like I'm way older than I am. But we've been friends since we were like 11 or 12, and he was the guy whose house I could go to and always be guaranteed that their mom, his mom and dad would let us rent Friday the 13th movies or Nightmare on Elm Street movies or – on occasion, something like The Lost Boys. So uh, that is, I'm 99.9% .9 sure that is when I first saw this. It was on video at my friend's house. Gotcha. Jackson, what about you? Uh, I think I watched this for the first time in 2019. Um, you know, the uh, ye old 2019. I know it's been, it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty much it. Was. Like it. Yeah, I was going to say, it feels true. like two decades ago. Back to it's decades. a different age. Yeah, that's like a like pre-industrial age type thing. Um, but uh, yeah, this is probably my fifth, fifth or sixth time watching it, I'd say. It's, it, what's amazing to me, Joel, is that I can't remember exactly when I watched this movie when it was only like three years ago. But you, Daryl, and Peter can remember what you were wearing <laughs> <laughs> when the, and what the weather was like yes. on the day you rented Primal Fear on VHS yes. or whatever. Yes. It's like, 
It's like I I can't believe that. I I think Joel, I need to... Joel was actually wearing Corey Hames duster. I was I wearing the duster and I was and I was wearing like Bermuda shorts going commando. That's pretty <laughs> I'm pretty confident that's what was happening. Oh man, I think if I was wearing that I would have remembered too. <laughs> oh, I saw this in the theaters on opening weekend. Um, and then at a drive-in the next weekend with my buddies Dorlees and Jeremy Strayer, shout out. And I will just go ahead and spoil it and say I wanted I was 15 years old in 1987 when this came out. I wanted to be a lost boy. I wanted to be a lost boy. Joel, did you want to be a lost boy or did you want to be Corey Haim? You know what's sad? I probably, if I'm being honest, I probably at that time wanted to be more Corey Haim, mainly because of License to Drive, which technically didn't come out till the next year. But <laughs> um, no, I always, yeah, I, I as an as a, as an adult now, I get that because what I love about like they are like true punk. Right. They, yes. they, they, they're, they're like absolutely anti-establishment going against the mainstream, like these guys, and they don't care. Like they, and obviously with good reason, cause they're vampires, but that aside until you know that for sure, if you've never seen the movie before um, you did, they definitely have that really just kick butt punk attitude. Um, and I always did love the fact that uh, Jason Patrick, uh, as he joins their ranks, it seems like he's 30 playing 17, but I'm sure yes. we'll get to that at some point. Well, Jason Patrick always looked 30 playing. He still looks 30 playing seven. Yeah, I guess he kind of yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jackson, what about you? Did you want to be a lost boy or did you want to be one of the Frog Brothers or Corey Haim? Uh, you know, I don't I'm not really sure. I, uh, you know, when I when I read Dracula, I, f I figure myself more of the the vampire hunter type guy. But I don't know. I guess it would be fun to be a lost boy. I don't know if I want to ride a dirt bike off a cliff or whatever. I don't think that would be very fun. But what? I like to think that like or hang off a train trestle. I mean, come on. Uh, I know. I mean, I, I do like jackass. So maybe maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'll eat my words someday, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like to think that the Lost Boys like were turned into vampires in like the twenties. They're not; they're just wearing modern fashion because they're like teenagers as far as vampire years go. So well, I like to think that like even know that Kiefer Sutherland was seventeen at the time. I didn't know. I, that. I, re I read that. That's amazing. Yeah, I can't. I mean, dude. I mean, I'm not saying he looks haggard, but like he looks very like. Very, like, oh, very, rumors, very uh, you know, allegedly, you know, he likes to drink and smoke. He, so. well, I will say for, I will say for him, I mean, like I was watching an interview in the special features and he looked pretty good. Like, you know, the retrospective and I've seen I haven't seen 24, but I, I he doesn't look like an old man hobbling around. There. No, does, it's really weird, I, though. I but now that, you, now that you guys say all that, what's really weird to me is so I had no idea because prior to this viewing and I finally read through some of the trivia and it's all that he was 17 when they made this. I was like, there's no way I would have guessed he was at least mid, if not later twenties when he made right. this. And then, but it's re really weird about that is so knowing he's 17 here. And then presumably, so he was even what 16 when he made stand yep. by me, I'm I mean, yep. cause that came out the year before. So if that's true, why does he look in a weird way, significantly older from the actual age he was then, then he looks like he is now because to me, he's gotta be what in his fit is what mid fifties. Probably yeah, so, he's he's got to be early, early, mid 50s. He's the he Benjamin. He look, he's aged well. He's the Canadian Benjamin Button. <laughs> of, <laughs> you know, he's just like aging backwards. But yeah, it's weird. Like, that's a really weird thing. You think he would look more haggard as it went on. But no, no. Well, I have a theory I about that, but we'll get into it. Go ahead, Jackson. I, 
I honestly think it's the 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 frosted tips that do something. I mean, like even in sync, right? They had the frosted tips and they all look dirty. So it's like I think it's something about that that kind of look, that spiky hair. And I like to think like I know that they're going for like the the '80s punk style, but I like to think that they're like I said, they're like 60 years old. They were turned into a vampire like a long time ago. This is their teenage phase because in my head, the head canon is that Christopher Lee Dracula went through a similar phase. So like he was he was he just <laughs> aged out of it and graduated to capes. Well, it, it it brings up. I mean, there was uh, there was a planned like ending scene that was never shot apparently, um, where the Lost Boys are like in the what was it like eighteen nineties or something like that, with spoiler alert Max like talking to them and all other kind of stuff, and you know they didn't shoot it, but that was planned. And I'm I'm kind of glad they didn't shoot that scene because, you know, here's the thing, folks. I watch horror movies typically and uh, when my wife's not around and stand up comedy and like Whitney Cummings had a bit and we just talked about this. I know, Jackson, you're not a huge Whitney Cummings fan, but she had a bit about Twilight, where it's like if you were dating a hundred year old vampires, like they wouldn't be cool and punk. They would be like, you know, they they would be wanting to dance the Charleston and have some weird racist tendencies towards Irish people. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, but that's I'm glad. So I'm glad they didn't shoot, you know, that scene. But anyway, um, you know, the plot of this movie is pretty simple. So simple. You wonder why they needed three screenwriters, um, including the great Jeffrey. Is it Boehm or Boehm? or whoever it was, who was the screen doctor in the 1980s, but also pinned, Joel, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and yep. Space. And didn't he also do one of the Lethal Weapons or came in on one of the like, Lethal Weapon 2 maybe? Was a, I think he was a script doctor on Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's got chops. Um, the guy's got chops. But anyway, I mean, the plot basically is we've got, if you haven't seen that, and I'm always shocked about emails and stuff I get or messages of people like, you know, we covered this and they're like, I haven't seen it yet, but now I'm excited to see it. And I'm like, you haven't seen this yet, but okay. Um, but to be fair, I've listened to every episode of retro movie geek and I've never seen day of the dolphin, but, uh, well, well, you I count yourself that. lucky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like with, with, we don't judge people who haven't seen these like classic movies, but I, f- I have a feeling if Daryl and Peter were on here, they'd be like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> no, no you they, they judge you. They judge you. Uh, not for seeing the the classic movies, they're going to judge you for having seen things like Day of the Dolphin and then making them sit through it. That's when they're going to judge you. <laughs> right, right. And then uh, not knowing the key grips on Day of the Dolphin. You got to know that. Yes, that's, that's a big thing. That's important. It's important. Yeah, yeah. But we have Lucy and her two sons, Michael and Sam, who moved to Santa Carla, California after divorce to live with Grandpa. They eventually run into the Lost Boys, who are apparently a teen biker gang, but are vampires. We also have Lucy going to work for uh, video store owner Max, and we will get to Max. I've got a lot to say about Max. Um, And in the 80s lingo, folks, 80s lingo, we've got the biker chick star, who Michael has the hots for, and... And something that the authorities maybe should have been alerted to, the biker child laddie. <laughs> <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> that says in retrospect, that's kind of weird. I make fun, but I freaking love this movie. Joel, thoughts about the plot, screenplay? What do you think? You know, it's this movie, it, it's sort of like classic Joel Schumacher, 
right? That his his a lot of his movies. I enjoy a lot of his movies. I mean, I love Falling Down. I yeah, I mean, there, there's a I, he did he did Santa Elmo's Fire, right? Yep. For yep. some reason, I, did, I wanted to say it was somebody else, but I was like, no, I'm pretty sure it was him. And a um, Time to Kill, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And yeah, Time to Kill is fan. And he does a lot of he's done a lot of really great movies. I feel like he's one of those sort of journeyman directors that didn't necessarily get, you know, they don't get the same level of praise that the more auteur types do, but his stuff always has, you know, it always looks good. It's always very stylistic and engaging yep. and entertaining. Even, even I had, a, I had a note later that every movie he made, even the terrible Batman movies, mm -hmm. they look fantastic. They do. Yes. Yes, Batman. Batman Forever, though I feel like I haven't watched it in a long time, but I feel it's like okay. I probably I probably go back and enjoy it for being camp. Batman yeah. and Robin, I just I haven't seen it since it came out, and I just I, there are certain movies where you just know no matter what happens, you're just gonna yeah. hate it. So, but that aside, th that's the only one that off the top of my head that I'm like, oh, I hate that movie he made. But for, by and large, he has made a lot of really great movies, in my opinion. And Lost Boys probably for me is number one. I, I definitely think this is my mm -hmm. number two and or three tied with Fright Night as my favorite vampire movie. Oh, yeah. So I have one that's above both of those. I don't know if you know what, what that is. What is the one? Do you want me to let it out? Do you want me to let it out? It? Or you, okay. Near Dark. For me. I, I can't argue with that. I would go the I would go Lost Boys 1 and Fright Night and then Near Dark, but they're all masterpieces. Yeah, they're all fantastic. They're all fantastic. It's like, it's like, wait, you depend on my mood, right? Oh, what am I in the mood to watch? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. It, but yeah, Lost Boys for me, though, the the I love the the cast is fantastic. I mean, I first of Diane Weist. I always want to say Weist, oh, but it's yeah. Weist, right? Um, yeah. For, yeah, we, I think we've discussed this. Uh, Daryl has like a massive crush on her and it, it's her eyes. She has this kindest oh, face yeah. ever. <laughs> it's it just immediately makes you feel safe and happy. Um, and so she's perfect as Lucy, which again, reading through the trivia, I don't know why it took me this long to figure it out, but Adur, that's obviously an allusion to Dracula, you know, Dracula, Lucy. Yeah. And um, I guess I could have named her Mina, but that would have been a little too on the nose. Um, but the uh, yeah, it, honestly, there's nothing about this movie I don't like. I mean, even when it there are there are moments in it that are a little, I guess you could say, kind of goofy or odd. But they're, I now find them endearing. And maybe that's the C&D talking. I don't know what it is. I'd be curious to know from Jackson's point of view as somebody who's younger, saw it for the first time. You know, yeah. it, it's interesting because Jackson, the reason we probably don't remember is there does come a point. I feel like when you're a little kid and you get exposed to certain things like these kind of movies, you remember like it has a real impact. Whereas if you're like in your later teens, early twenties, it starts to all bleed together. And the older you get, like once you're in your thirties and forties, forget that man. I couldn't tell you, yeah. you know, where you were, but um, so, but I'd be curious to know from like Jackson's point of view, like if he had, because obviously he probably doesn't have the nostalgia that we do for it. So I would just be curious how it stands up for somebody like that. Yeah. Jackson, go for it, buddy. Well, first of all, I want to address that. I mean, like, often when we review these movies, they're, like, very nostalgic for other people, and I don't have that because I watched it when I was, like, 14. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I still do feel this affinity for these movies that people feel nostalgia for, not because I was, you know, little when I came out or I was living in the cultural, you know, the time it came out in culturally. But, like, usually these movies that people feel nostalgic for are really cozy, and they have these, like, little these things about them that stick in your mind, they're like earworms, but for a movie, sometimes they are earworms, like actual, you know, songs like the Goonies, you know, like that's one I watched mm -hmm. a lot as a kid. 
and you know it's just like the music that that one eye willy theme you hear that and it's like that just gives me chills still to this day and i i don't feel nostalgic for it necessarily but it's definitely something i have an affinity for and this is exactly the same i mean we start off we have that cry little sister and it's like wow like, oh, this is a yeah. movie you know what i mean it's got that kind of feel for me and i, I don't remember where i first watched it um but i definitely remember immediately latching on to it because it's just one of those things like I think anybody you show this to, even if you like uh, you show this to like a, a Gen Alpha or whatever the next generation is, kid, <laughs> who's, who's playing Fortnite. Alpha, and watching, alpha at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Playing Coco Melon and, you know, whatever uh, the kids do these days. I'm already acting like I'm, <laughs> I'm geriatric, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think they'll, they'll latch onto it because there's just so many. There's so many fun visuals and fun little like things that are memorable about this movie. I mean, there's great character moments. Like I love the the brotherly bond between Sam and Michael and the mom and son bond with uh, Diane Weiss, too. By the way, I just remembered we just talked about the entity with Barbara Hershey. And by the way, Barbara Hershey responded to our uh, or to yes, Greg Amortis's tweet about our episode. And then we got a bunch of Barbara Hershey fan accounts following us. We did. We but had, uh, <laughs> there were Barbara Hershey fan accounts and we're oh, like, all they're like, all right, yeah, we're getting followed by like six Barbara Hershey fan accounts after <laughs> she said, thanks, guys. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> our uh, episode on the entity. Yeah, she's very she's very active on Twitter. I'm surprised. But anyways, I, the reason I bring her up is because uh, she was in Hannah, Hannah and her sisters with Diane Weiss. So Diane Weiss. Um, so that's a fun little, little link. But then there's this weird like even like the weird kind of father son relationship with Max and David's crew. Like it's this weird thing where it's like. David's this cool punk guy, but he's going to do what Max says, you know, like he's the one really pulling the strings. <laughs> it's like my boys, we're going to be one big, happy family, you, me, and a bunch of these punks, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. It's just fun, fun stuff. I mean, we got, we'll talk, we'll talk about this all later, but we have Nanook and the frog brothers. It's just a lot of fun stuff for, for kids to latch onto. But I think even as an adult, you know, there's enough, it's, it's cleverly written and there's enough fun, uh, fun, well-filmed stuff to keep you, uh, keep you entertained so i can understand why it's a classic and i can also understand why they would bungle it with a bunch of straight to dvd or vhs sequels um which i was watching an interview with Corey Haim. it was pretty funny because Corey Haim was like uh in a parking lot and somebody was like interrogating him about the straight to dvd sequels yeah uh, and uh but uh, and poor guy by the way um, which he was but, i know rest in peace yeah he wasn't invited to the sequels and Corey feldman was yeah yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just like I can see how they would bungle this, like taking the wrong things from it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, I, I still have a, a great love for this film. And, I, and like I said, I've seen it like six times and I expect that to go up. Can I follow up something you just said, Jackson, about the younger people? So one of the other things that makes this movie special to me. So I had let my kids listen to the soundtrack before they, because I have, I've shown this movie to them now twice, actually. So they've seen it twice. Wow. Um, uh, once about a year ago for the first, that was for the first time. And then recently for right before I, uh, recorded with you guys, I, I showed it to them again. And so they had heard the songs and, and especially my youngest So my kids right now are 15, 14 and 12. And so it was a few years ago, I started introducing them to the soundtrack and, and like my, my youngest Parker, he loved it. Like cry little sister and yeah. uh, 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 running in the shadows and all like the loves, loved, loved, loved it. And so he was like upset, but he was only like, you know, nine or 10. And, you know, I have that part of me. It's, it's like my, my dad was like, let me and my sister pretty much watch whatever he wanted. So there is that part of me that always like, yeah, why not? You're only six. Yeah, it'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. But, but I realize that might not have been the greatest 
idea for you know from a parenting point of view and my wife you know god bless her is responsible so <laughs> she's like yeah we might want to wait you know, a little bit because i but i feel like lost boys we always talk about that gateway horror idea and i think lost boys up until really the ending it's a fairly tame movie in my opinion like it's it's not extreme i mean you get that one quick shot at the camp right. you know fire like with the you know, biting in the guy's head and scalping but it's so fast and then the but it was so funny like so the first time i showed this to them i was like yeah guys i gotta be honest with you i don't think it's gonna even freak you out because it's really kind of not bloodless but it's minimal i was in my head thinking only about the the bonfire scene and right. then we get to the end <laughs> with death by stereo and all that right and they all right. turned to me like in unison and were like Oh yeah, Dad. Okay, <laughs> they loved it. They were out of, like I've determined Parker, even though he's only twelve, he's already going to be my little gore hound guy because uh, we we also watched um, Predator and they've seen the thing, and he I mean, he loves it. Like he just goes nuts for like practical oh, effects wow. and stuff. So but anyway, so to the, that point, younger people like, showing it to him, exposing this kind of thing uh, to them is definitely uh, it makes me happy. Makes my my old shriveled heart feel good to know that. Uh, we got younger generations coming up appreciating these movies. Yeah. Well, I want to say it's so funny to me because Lost Boys, you get this with like 80s movies where you're like, this is probably okay to show to a kid. You know what I mean? It's like it's not mm-hmm. too gory. There's not too many uh, too many F words there or whatever. But then you have like in the Lost Boys, we have a Michael and Star sex scene. And then he comes back and the grandpa's like, well, I wasn't the only one that got lucky last night. <laughs> and it's so weird because like Top Gun does that too. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. It's just oh, like yeah. regular oh. movie and then like four minute sex scene so it's just like i wonder why 80s movies did that because it, it does make it kind of hard you're like showing your kids you're like oh well fast forward button uh here we go uh, yeah i feel like the star like lost boys to be it, it they do the dissolve thing pretty quick i mean you get the, yeah. the the sort of you know they obviously show significantly worse on tv now uh but it, yeah. it was it's just funny because you know to your point PG-13 movies, that 80s PG-13 movies are the ones you have to be careful of because, you know, I'll be thinking in my head like, oh, I can show him just one of the guys. Wait a minute. <laughs> or even, even some 80s PG. You remember Reconcilable Differences? Yeah. Like, I, re- I remember being a kid. That one in Sweet Liberty. My dad rented both of them. And you're like, think, oh, it's a PG movie. And you're like, boobies. <laughs> yep. there, there it is. I remember talking my parents into taking me to see Kramer versus Kramer in 1979 when I was seven years old. Wow. And (laughs) then there's there's the scene where Joe Beth Williams walks almost completely nude out into a hallway. And they both looked at each other and looked at me like, yeah, that's the last time this is going to (laughs) happen. We're not going to let the seven year old dictate what movies we watch anymore. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man well let's let's talk about the cast a little bit let's talk about uh the two Corys first and foremost and uh so joel the two Corys. but first of all did you have a rob Lowe poster in your bedroom i did not and i will say this is the first time i don't know why it took me this long to put two and two together i actually will make the argument that sam is a gay character Yes. And and that and that I because Joel Schumacher was openly gay. And I right. think this was his way in 1987. Right. There, he, he knew there's no way he was going to pass the studios to do something like that. But I think it's done in such a way to me. It's very interesting to me. Right. So you've got this character who is just, he, he's just a kid. Right. He's just a regular kid. Like, the well, the Frog Brothers aren't really regular. They're weird. But yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Like, he just, there's no effort in overdoing that aspect of his character like had he been a hetero kid they might have been a picture of heather locklear up on his closet 
Right. Right. But there's no way. I mean, I guess technically he did have a picture of Molly Ringwald, too. But I was like, eh, I mean, the it's, Rob Lowe picture is, is not just like Rob Lowe, like standing there. It's, you know, it's it's a very like is the kind of poster like one of my girl cousins when growing up would have absolutely had in her room. And and so and that's yeah. but I just think it's interesting. Like, I never really thought about it, except this time again, I was trying to really pay attention, even though I know I've covered this this movie before in the past. For some reason, there was just certain things in it this time around I caught mm-hmm. like actually kind of makes it a little more interesting because it's a, it's there. It's an aspect of his character, but it's not something that I feel like if they did it today, they would be kind of like overdone perhaps let's say, whereas that it's just, he's there. It, that's what, that's part of his character. Um, and so for, I did not to, to answer your original question. No, I did not <laughs> have a Roblo poster in my room, um, but it is to carry on what you're doing. I mean, to put, if people don't know, this is going to sound weird to people's Jackson age and, and even, you know, people born in the 90s and so forth. But if you go back to 1987, you've got frosted hair, you've got a Rob Lowe poster, you know, and you're a dude and you're wearing a multicolored duster. And, you know, like it where I grew up, that gets you beat up. Yes. And, um, and that's the other thing to consider. Like, I think that's the other problem, too, is that. The, the sort of like the, we live in a world of microaggressions apparently now, whereas yeah. back in our day, yeah. though, there was just straight up aggression. OK, <laughs> if you were the, exactly. the, the even slightly <laughs> effeminate, you were getting your butt kicked. And, and so you had to go out of your way to overdo it to, like, prevent things from happening. A lot of kids did. So I, I think what's interesting, though, is that you never have a moment. And, and again, maybe it helps greatly that Joel Schumacher himself was openly gay, that you right. never have a moment, though, where anybody like the Frog Brothers or any of the vampire, nobody says any comment. They don't make any. You know what I mean, because I feel like a lot of 80s movies did that, too, where you have the kid who does certain you know, there's a implied aspect to their sexuality. And then somebody makes a joke that's disparaging. Right. It's, you know what I mean? It, it, oh, watch. It, I mean, watch Mannequin. Yes. There's a ton of that. Yeah. 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 So no, go ahead. You no, no. I was just going to say, so I feel like what I, I think is interesting, I guess like revisiting this movie and thinking about it is, is that he is this great character. He's doing all this stuff that he's doing. It's an aspect of his character. It's just, it's not the end all and be all of what and who he is. And uh, it's just there. And I don't know. And the fact that nobody makes a big deal about it one way or the other, is just, it's just interesting to me. Yeah, no, I agree. Jackson, what do you think? I, I think that is definitely something that you could uh, read into, and I don't think you'd be off in that. And I, I do like the way that that Sam's character is handled in this movie. Uh, I think that you know n- nowadays, like you were saying, Joel, you he he wouldn't be coded so much as you know, like alarms are blaring. You know what I mean? It's yes. like can't can't just have a regular person. You know what I mean? That's got to be their whole personality. Exactly. Um. So yeah, but I, I think that that was uh, that that is something that's really fun to to look into, and um and yeah, it's it's it's. And now now you can see like a little bit more like like uh, Diane Weist, you know, with Lucy, she's so protective of of Sam. She's willing to like run home, you know, from her date because he's talking about some cryptic thing on the phone. You know, it's like, well, maybe she feels super defensive about him. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's just it's it's a fun thing to look into and to to think about with the character and to kind of like read into the script a little bit. But it doesn't you know, that's not a major plot point, which I like. It's just just uh, character informing character. Yes, exactly. It's character and story above messaging, 
which is yeah. yes, you know, yes, which is one of the things I could go on a big rant about. But anyway, no, I won't. I, I won't. I won't. You and I are on the same page on that. I've heard <laughs> yeah. you talk about that. Uh, no, we're we're on the same. One of the reasons I love and and you you and I have talked about this. You've talked about this. I don't have a problem if you have a message in your movie that I, I even disagree with. Just don't get preachy about it. And and so I I like that. So that's what I love about Jordan Peele. I don't think if Jordan Peele and I sat down, we would agree about too much politically some. But I appreciate the fact that he doesn't beat you over the head with it. I always bring up the fact that for me, I agree with that. And I also bring up the fact that. You know, my top, like in my top 10, like a good percentage of them. I mean, I'd say some of my politics lean, you know, more left than, than I probably would care to admit on the on the on the class based side of things. Mm-hmm. And, and but I don't know that I would be as far as, say, Ramiro and Craven were. But like 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 probably my top ten, you know, on any given day, my top 10 is made up of some very he- movies that had the potential for heavy, heavy, heavy handed yes. messaging that a very strong like left wing politics behind them because right. of the people that made them. But it's story first, yes. and then that stuff is embedded. So if you get it, if you see it, if you if you read into it, you it gives you it makes it richer because you can kind of pull it apart and peel back the onion and go, oh yeah, but what was he trying to say? You could do it, or you know what? Or Freddy's just a dream demon, and yeah. what all the other stuff is there. It's whatever. Who cares? It's still amazing. All the kills and the creativity. Yeah, I mean, you could just it's it gives you that option. Whereas I feel like a lot of stuff today, that's not what they want. They want you to know the message and understand that if you don't get the message, you don't agree with it. It's wrong. You're wrong. And it's like, dude, even if I would agree with you, it's just is annoying. So I'm not. I ranting. hate that. And there's that's okay because there's a growing number of leftists going against that, like Bill Maher. I mean, mm-hmm. Bill Maher is speaking out against that. So yeah. it's very it's a very interesting time. But um, I want to ask this of both of you thoughts on Jackson. You go first. The two Corys fan, not a fan. What do you think? Well, I mean, of course, I'm a fan of them, you know, as actors, maybe separately. You know, I love uh, like I said, I love Goonies, you know, Stand By Me. Corey Feldman's fantastic. Um, I think nowadays he's a crazy person. But can you blame him? I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, for real, his, his best friend dies and he's got this whole Michael Jackson thing going on. Like he still yeah. wears Michael Jackson's clothes. It's very he was a little thing. kid in Hollywood in the 80s. I got to believe yeah. that's not a good combo. Yeah, no, definitely yeah. not. And and not he wasn't just a child actor. He was the child actor right it wasn't it wasn't just like he was like one of the goonies like he was Corey feldman right so it's like that is really difficult and i don't blame him for you know doing all the weird music stuff he's doing now uh going on the today i don't know if you've ever seen the today show clip of him but that's i have yeah well Um, the the weirdest uh, thing was when he was doing like a vh1 reality show where he was like living hmm. in a house with like Vince Neal and MC Hammer and all this other kind of stuff. <laughs> and he was taught, he was like, and I can't remember her name. I've met her once and I can't remember her name. She was like the older teenager on Beverly Hills 90210, even though she was like 30 years old. Oh, uh, uh, was it Andrea something? Something like that. Yeah. And she was like cooking dinner and he was preaching at her that he didn't want any meat. And he's against he's a complete, you know, animal rights activist and all this other kind of stuff. And she looks down and goes, you're wearing leather boots. <laughs> but doesn't that say everything you need to know about Hollywood elites yes. and activism? It, it, like that tells you everything you need to know. Right. It there. pretty much does. But it was. Yeah. But I yeah, I hear where you're coming from, Jackson. But you. 
No, and and get don't get me wrong. Like Corey Feldman and like Gremlins and Goonies and Stand by Me. Yep, I'm I'm a complete Friday fan. the Thirteenth Part Four. Uh, I- yes, Friday Thirteenth <laughs> Part Four, and even the opening of Part Five, which they actually shot in his backyard. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, I up until that point, yep, yep, yep. I had bad interactions with the two Corys. Did you? Uh, oh, I would love to hear those stories. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I. I Okay, I I said I said some of this. I don't know, Jackson, how much you edited this when we did the burbs with Wolfman. I um, think I, I think I left I think I left most of it in, but you you can retell it if you want. Okay, I would go to what call what was called the Bat Lady parties in Hollywood, which was literally a thing where you had to know a password to get in. It was a what we now call a rave, what the kids now call a rave. You would have to have a password. You would have to know where it was, all this other kind of stuff. And so I would go, and the two Corys would be there, and I just felt they acted like D-bags. No. I I know. I (laughs) I didn't like the way they acted. I didn't. I remember I used to go to these parties with Jason Priestley. I used to tell Jason, I was like, I'm going to— Dude, if you get me near those two guys, I'm going to punch one of them. I mean, I'm just telling you. And and so I kind of stayed away from them. I had very limited interaction with them. I was on the set of The Burbs for a day. And Corey Feldman had the worst reputation of anybody on the set. Um, you know, it was just. But now all the stuff that's come out that they were sexually assaulted as children, all this kind of stuff. Now I feel bad. You know what I mean? Because it's like, okay, you know, of of course they were acting out. You know, if you've been, you know, assaulted as a child and then suddenly you have millions of of dollars in the bank, of course you're going to act out. And so now I kind of feel bad about it. But at the time, I wanted nothing to do with them. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's for for me, it's like uh, so like I was saying, I love them in their own individual movies. You know, Joel, you brought up License to Drive and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's that's fun. But. I think once Hollywood realized, you know, the two the two Corys thing actually became a thing. And after Lost Boys, they started to do a string of movies together, like Dream a Little Dream. Like I've got that on DVD, like, but well, that's uh, thanks to my mom. I, but, I, uh, I, I liked that movie. I, hate that but movie. I, I, I don't I don't mind it. But it was it was like, less think, it was less because of them and because of a certain co-star they had in that movie. Oh, mm, yeah, yeah. OK, Patton also Patton Patton all's wife now. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> But uh, Do but you know I she's married like, Patton Oswalt now. N- no, but I, I I've heard of the the expression of you've married up, and I feel like in that scenario <laughs> he definitely did. Uh, yes. <laughs> he married into the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I love Patton Oswalt, but that's not. Anyways, uh, I just think that like like Dream a Little Dream's fine, but like once they realized that the two Corys were the thing. I feel like they were like they did project over project of like like lessening returns, you know, every time. I just feel like they kind of they kind of ran into the they did a reality show together. It's just like I I think that uh, that that's when that became their thing. It kind of went downhill for me. But um, they both do a great job in this movie. I think that they still look back on it fondly. I watched this um this excerpt from this like VH1 thing where they're introducing the Lost Boys and they still, they had like little props, they had little water guns, you know, and, and they still look back on it fondly. And even in that interview I was telling you about with, um, with Corey Haim in the parking lot, you know, they're talking about the sequel, this guy's poking a camera in his face. Even then, 
Corey is like, and Corey Hayne, by the way, I guess I can't just say Corey. Um, yeah. He's like, I still look back on Lost Boys fondly. Like that, those people were my family, and it, it just sucks that they made these these trashy directed to uh, direct to um, VHS or whatever DVD, whenever that came out, uh, movies. But yeah. so they still look back on it fondly, and I think that's that's good. It seems like they they had a good time working on set. It wasn't you know traumatic or anything. So you know at, at least for that, that brings it. Lost Boys up a notch for me. You know what I mean? Knowing that this was a fun yep. set to be on. That always makes it better. Yeah, and Joel Schumacher had that reputation. But um, so the two Corys, I I also, Joel, you brought this up earlier, Diane Wiest. I love her in everything. Mm-hmm. And she's usually, you know, the lovable person. But if you go back and watch the movie, I care a lot. She's the mother of a mobster. Um, like a Russian mob or Ukrainian mobster, which is, and she's kind of scary. So she's got some range, but she's absolutely, I, I agree. She's just so sweet. It's just like, you know, I want to have, I want to have coffee with her. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she she does, you know what it is too. And, and I don't know, I, I feel like your parents, my parents were, well, my dad was in his early thirties when I was born. So I think he's part of what was called the silent generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so my mom though was straight up baby boomer. And like most of my friends were all, they all their parents were like former hippie boomer types. Right. So right. Diane Weist in this movie is very much that type of parent from that era. And I don't know if your parents were of that time frame, Matt, because I know you're a little bit older than me, but so I don't know if maybe your parents, no, mine my were, dad, like mine were born in the 1930s in Kentucky. So they were yeah, like, so my, my dad was born in the middle of world war two. So it's like, you know what I mean? So they were kind my dad was a little bit removed from that. But again, my mom was born in like the early fifties. So she mm-hmm. was definitely of that lot, that, that generation. And what cracks me up is we watched this. I even said to the kids that scene where where um, uh, Jason Patrick comes back and 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 you know she's it's like early morning and she's sitting there she's like yes. hey are are we friends anymore? I was like yes, kids, because that's how my parents' generation thought was great. Pay like we're just all friends here. Are we just friends? Can we just? It's like I can I remember like having not not so much with my mom. She was pretty good about not doing that, but I had a lot of friends whose parents were very. I was going to ask. Actually, I have a note. Was Lucy your mother? Because the way you've talked about her on Retro Movie Geek, I was like, was she? Is that how she duped you into ratting on your father? Was like, um, yeah, you know, yeah. My mom has has a sweetness to her, so yeah, maybe that was part of it. She has a very nice smile. So now that you say it out loud, maybe that was what it was. But uh, that that or I was just completely like soft and weak. Uh, but but that aside, no. But I you know I had like a lot of friends whose parents, and even as a kid, I remember like it kind of being uncomfortable because. I understand there's extremes, right? The the joke about how baby boomers' parents, the World War II generation, how I, because all the dads had gone to war and were, you know, came back and they were hard and no emotion, all that, you know, which obviously extremes and it's stereotypes and generalizations wasn't true for everybody. But by and large, that's always the message that comes across in media. What I feel like with the baby, it's like they overcompensated the other direction. <laughs> with right. The, like yes. we're, we were all hippies and we, you know, we figured it all out and blah, blah, blah. Did you though? Did you, though? Because, you know, I'm just saying, you know, things aren't exactly perfect right now. But uh, yeah. that aside, I just thought it was because my kids were like, why does she like like 
his friend like what did they to them that was weird i was like yeah one day i hope we are friends you know when you're an adult until then i'm your dad <laughs> so yeah so. i think that somebody needs to go back in a delorean with a flux capacitor to dr spock and <laughs> you know and, and the child psychologist not the star of the era director. yes yeah yes. and smack him a couple times and go you know kind of get over it dude no yeah yeah <laughs> Th these ideas you have they're bad they're bad. They don't work. I'm sorry. They just haven't worked. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Jackson, what did you think of Lucy and Diane Weist's? Well, she's fantastic in the movie. I mean, I love these, like the mom characters in 80s movies are always fantastic, right? It's always like, like, a, like a warm blanket. Um, yeah. For the exception but, uh, of mom yeah, years, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right, right, right. But uh, but yeah, I mean, she's just fantastic. And like you said, very caring eyes. Um, and I love the relationship. I mean, we don't honestly we don't see that much screen time with the them, like her and the kids together because she's off working at her job or whatever. But like when they are on screen together, it's always so nice because like they have this it feels like they have this this real bond. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I think I think she's she's fantastic in the movie. Um and, uh, you know, honestly, I wish that we would get a Lucy Vampire Slayer movie. <laughs> <laughs> you may get that. Um, I um, let's talk about Jason Patrick, who is the son of a legendary actor, basically uh, shorthand son of Father Karras from The Exorcist. I, I thought he was going to be huge. I really thought Jason Patrick was going to have a huge career because um, he did. You know, he did a horrible movie called Solar Babies, and then he did Hey, this. hey. It's, it's a horrible movie. And then he did an art house movie that's pretty good called The Beast. And then, But then he did a real – he gave an amazing performance in a 1990 movie called After Dark, My Sweet. I've, heard um, it. I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. Oh, it's – he's incredible in it. And he plays like a guy who's almost pretending to be on the spectrum, and he's a former boxer. And so he's like, everybody's trying to play him and he's, he's basically playing them. And, but at the end of the day, there's a twist and it's, it's really good. Um, after dark, my sweet, I thought Jason Patrick would be huge, but he's been kind of hit or miss. Right, Joel. Yeah. Um, especially with speed Two cruise control. Well, yeah, yeah. There's that. <laughs> I hated that movie. So I, I, I there are a few movies that I have like a visceral, reaction to usually most movies if you don't like it or you hate it you're like eh, okay whatever you know it's yeah. meh there's certain movies though because i love speed so much i do too yeah. <laughs> and, and i will never forget i was working at the movie theater speed to cruise control and i think if memory serves i think i actually because we would we had the 35 millimeter prints and they wanted us after we put them together we we're supposed to watch them the night before they were they were going to open to make sure the print wasn't jacked up. Mm -hmm. And so I remember, I think that was the one I started it at like midnight or 1230. That was not advisable, by the way, because, wow, <laughs> I mean, uh, most of the time, action movies aren't supposed to put you to sleep. But yeah. let's just say so needless to say, but yeah, I agree with you. I think sleepers. I remember sleepers. He was fantastic sleepers, in that, too. He was great in yeah. Rush. He was great. Yes. In. Rush. Oh, Rush is fantastic. Yeah. He's yeah. done a lot. He's done a lot of great movies and he's such he's got such a movie star quality to him. Yeah. And it's funny. I never. And the other thing I never think about is I know he's Jason Miller's son. Yeah. But I never remember it like until somebody says it or yep. it comes up it's something like oh that's right because i always remember his is it his half brother the one that's in near dark yeah i think so but he's also jackie gleason's grandson 
Jason, Jason Patrick is. Yes, I believe uh, so. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah, know that one. Like, I didn't know. He is Hollywood royalty and yeah, yeah. he's a great actor yeah. and he's a good looking guy. So you would think that yeah, like, you'd think. he'd just be thinking they would throw in scripts at him left and right. But it's like it's every five years he'd make a movie. Yeah. Narc, it's that's weird. another guy. I was looking through his uh, IMDb. Yep. Narc was a great movie, too. Yeah, he's been in a lot of great movies, but yeah, he's just never. And, I, and you wonder, like, I don't know enough about him to know. Like, I wonder, because it's a game, right? To become a movie star, there's a bit of a game that you're, you have yep. to play, I'm sure, and, and hoops you have to jump through. So I'm just wondering, maybe he was the kind of actor who just wanted to be an, a quote-unquote real actor and didn't really care about jumping through the hoops? But he did speed two. So, I mean, and I don't... Then, then there is that. So I, I stand corrected. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't know. I mean, yeah. it's just like, it's, you know, was he difficult? Was he... I, I, I don't know. And so... Um, I do remember when I was in Hollywood, there was a huge scandal because I did meet Kiefer Sutherland and Julia Roberts. I was at a hamburger hamlet, if people in Southern California know what that is. I was sitting with my brother, Brian, waiting to get a table at a hamburger hamlet. And Kiefer Sutherland was dating Julia Roberts at the time. Just like Flatliners <laughs> time period? Yep, that's about that time period. And they come in and they walk in and they sit down next to us. And so they were sitting down there. And then I remember like and Kiefer Sutherland and Julia Roberts were engaged to be married. And then it turned out that Kiefer Sutherland was seeing a porn star on the <laughs> of, side. Of and so she broke up with him and went to Ireland with Jason Patrick. Hmm. I remember that distinctly. And so I don't know, I, maybe at the time I just thought anybody who's, you know, hanging out, sleeping with Julia Roberts is going to be a star. But anyway, um, <laughs> Jackson, what's your opinion of Jason Patrick or a.k.a. Michael? Well, first of all, I think that's wild. I know that's why they, they didn't. Uh, that's why they didn't do a Lost Boys sequel. It's like David is resurrected and Michael's there to stop him. It's like ooh, they would have actually killed each other on set. But uh, I think he's. I think he's great in this movie. I don't. I'm not familiar with a lot of his work. I've been putting off watching Speed Two. Uh, I don't think you blame Smart. Me yeah, go ahead. But, I'll avoid it. But uh, I love Jason Miller. I love The Exorcist and The Exorcist Three. Um, but uh, but yeah, J Jason Patrick is great in this movie. Um, I just love. I love like we get this in the Goonies too with um, uh, Josh Brodin, uh, right? And uh, and Sean Astin. Yeah, Sean uh, Astin. Yep. Um, yeah, I I just love that that like that that. It's it, like maybe it seems like the dynamic little, between the brothers is what you like. Yeah, it's like they 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 care about each other. You know, they might razz on each other, but like they 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 care about each other. And I love I love that kind of like wholesome brother relationship. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's communicated really well. I think he's fantastic in the movie, and he kind of. I love a, a good perspective character, and that's 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 him for us with the Lost Boy. Ways, um, kind of like what are these people doing? You know what I mean? It's like the, the the movie could have gone another way, where it's just like Michael's this cool guy, and he's along for the ride. Whatever they do, he'll just do it too, without even thinking about it. But like, as cool as Michael is, I mean, he's got a he's got a, a dirt bike. He's you know he's got the well, I guess he gets the leather jacket in the movie, yeah. in the earring. But uh, and the earring in the left ear. Do you know what yes. that signified in the eighties? Yes. So. Uh, 
he but he he's not crazy you know what i mean when he sees him jump off the train trestle when he sees him drop off there he's not like all right whatever man you know what i mean he waits till he hears that they're alive and then he drops uh and only but, uh, hold has- on hold on hold on hold on i gotta come back to this i got i i want to ask you this do you know okay. what the earring in the left ear signifies? i it's it's like a like a coding thing it's like one i don't remember i don't know what I think it was your, your right ear if i remember if i'm remembering correctly matt right ear was you were gay right left, left ear was you weren't correct left ear is you were straight right ear is you were gay both ears is you were bi I'm so glad that we've established this and moved past it to the society. I was just say, ah, oh, the eighties. <laughs> it's like now, nowadays I know you're gay if you have a grinder, you know what I mean? It's like, not well, let's just say I had two earrings in my left ear. So let's just, you, you, just oh, wanted to make, you wanted to make sure there was no confusion. Is that- there was no confusion because I was a little guy and I want to make sure that was right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and before I forget, because right. Peter will be mad at me, doesn't interject a movie that Jason Patrick did relatively early on is always, I guess, right after Lost Boys, uh, 88, The Beast of War. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. I, yeah, I've seen it. It's a good art house film. Yep. Yeah. Kevin Reynolds actually directed it. And uh, it's uh, a Soviet tank and its warring crew becomes separated from their patrol and lost in an Afghan valley Afghan, with a group of vengeance seeking rebels on their tracks. Actually, that's a really good movie. We covered that in our Richard movie. Geek. It's a very good movie. It's a little weird that the Russian troops are all speaking like California English. Yeah, but, well, uh, yes, that's yeah, yeah. part for the course. Other than that, good. it's a great movie. I agree. But Jackson, I'm sorry. I watched, I, I watched listed that one. That's that's one I'm looking for. I mean, it's it's probably like a I imagine they do like a hunt for Red October type thing, right? Where they transition into the, I, the Russian. I don't think they do. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think it's they think they're right piece. into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's oh, good. We, yeah, well, we covered it back in 2019. It's, it's, it's watch listed. What I mean, I mean, you know, maybe the Russians were just, you know, they were very hip. They they watched a lot of surfer movies. So yeah, that's I, what it is. That's <laughs> that's the reason. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. yeah. I don't know, um, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Yeah, Vladimir Putin's favorite movie is Point Break. But go ahead, <laughs> I believe it. And surf and surf ninjas too. I think yeah. is the second favorite. Yeah. So. Yeah. So if Nazis uh, but, must die. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's that's number three. Um, so <laughs> but uh, I, man, I mean, I, if those are his favorite movies, he should probably chill out a little bit. I'm not getting political, but uh, maybe maybe take a toke on the reefer, bro. Um, anyways, I'm getting, I'm getting getting out of hand here. But yes. uh, yeah, J- Jason Patrick is, is great in this movie. I love the the, the tough guy uh, transformation in this. It's like got to wear sunglasses inside. It's convenient that the the vampire fighting the vampire symptoms also makes you look really cool uh so well it was a few years after the cory hart song i wear my sunglasses at night but anyway that's and nope has given that a new life but yes uh, it has but yeah, so I, I, I think he's he's great in this movie i would have loved to see him in more um still not gonna watch speed two though no you don't need to but but i think he's a great uh actor and so of course (sighs) she was a crush Mm-hmm. I know where you're Jamie, going. Jamie Gertz as star. Which is I, why Solar Babies isn't hot garbage, Matt. <laughs> it, well, I'd, I'd watch it on mute. But anyway, I um, but I know even fair to Solar Babies produced by Mel Brooks, by the way. Um, That's so weird. <laughs> I know it's weird. Um, 
I love her. And she's not just beautiful. I love her as an actress. I, I think she has a great, warm personality. Yeah. I yes. like her in everything. Yep. You're with me, Joel? Yes, 100%. Do you ever see a movie called, I believe it's called Don't Tell Her It's Me? Yes. Steve Gutenberg? Yes. I actually like that movie. I've seen I, it in years, but I remember really liking that movie. My wife picked that out on Amazon Prime one night, and we watched it, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, this I'm going to have to watch a rom-com piece of garbage. Starring but the goose. But it was, yep, the Goot and Jamie Gertz and Kyle McLaughlin. And it's actually, uh, and Shelley Long from Cheers. Oh, that's, right. that's what she's the sister, right? She's, yeah, a she's Goot, the sister. Goot sister. Yeah. And you no, know, it's actually, a, it's actually a fun watch. And no, See, I like that's one of those movies where I have not seen it in like 20 plus years. So I, I, in my mind, I'm afraid to revisit it. Cause I remember liking it quite a bit. So I, it's like, if I go back and it's really awful, like to the point where I can't even rationalize it away with like all the C and D arguments I try to make in my own head. I'm happy to hear you say, it, cause I have a feeling you of all people would be happy to point out to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, crap. but also Kyle McLaughlin's second love interest in it. I didn't realize this one match and a meek. Was it really? I don't even remember that. She's in it. Yep. Oh, okay, I have to read. I, I, I we should probably cover it. That seems like a good retro movie geek. Yep. It's no, I enjoyed it. So, but, but no, Jackson, Jamie Gertz. Well, I think she's fantastic in this movie. It's. I, uh, I was watching the. Uh, I was watching the uh, the the retrospective documentary, and uh, Joel Schumacher was talking about when he was casting this movie. He was looking for like a pixie cut blonde, um, yeah. and uh, you know he's talking to Jason Patrick, and he, he can't find anybody. And he's like, you know, do you know anybody? And he's like, well, I just did this play. I was Jamie Gertz, and and uh, no, had her come in. It was Solar Babies. Yeah, was it? Yeah, they were yeah, both. That was the reason. Solar yep. Babies, the movie yep. Solar oh, Babies. Yep. Oh boy, well I guess I'm gonna have to watch Solar Babies now. Yes, uh, you are. But no, you uh, <laughs> it sounds like, and I'm imagining it's like a kid genius type movie, but like, no. a, like an it's a futuristic roller skating post-apocalyptic <laughs> movie. Oh, and, and the like fact it, that you have to put futuristic and roller skating together. <laughs> tells hey, everything. what about Running Man? No, no, what about no, Running Man? No. <laughs> I know just just although heck no hold on Matt if he has to pick one one Jason Patrick movie that we all agree are probably not the best I would say solar babies above speed too okay I will agree with that I, I will agree to that but it's yeah but it's a terrible movie but they're both terrible movies but yeah speed two sucks worse but okay I'm I'm sure that uh, Amy Swan would appreciate me watching solar babies that feels like her neck of the woods <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the roller derby queen and coach. Yes, she is. So, but what what do you think of Jamie Gertz in general? Is this the only thing you've seen her in? I'm trying to think if you've seen her in anything else. Uh, I think Twister? so. Yes. I'm, yes. Oh, yeah. she was a Twister. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, what else do I know? Her face is very familiar, and I don't even think it's it's just this movie. Well, you see her face once, you're never going to forget it. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was she was on an episode of Seinfeld. Apparently, she was in Sixteen Candles. Yeah, she was in the I don't have a square to spare episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, that's uh, right. Oh, that's that a one. classic. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I don't yep. have a square. You don't yep. have one square. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Um, so, yeah, that's I guess that's where I know her from. But I think she's great in this movie. It's like she's she's uh, very mysterious. Right. She's uh, protecting this random child. I don't think it's her child. I think it's just this uh, child that abducted and turned into a vampire somehow. Yep. Um, 
which is and he's wearing like maybe i misread this but is he wearing a, a civil war uniform it looks, it looks like, he's- like it but unfortunately i don't know joel if you remember this from the 80s there were a lot of those like double button things going on yeah basically. The 80s. yeah yes like yeah. adamant would wear yes. them and yep yes yeah yep. that was going on in the 80s buddy Oh, okay. So it's not just this kid that was turned in the Civil War and a state of kid for like no. 200 years. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, well, that would have been interesting. It's like we get the flashback and Laddie's still a little kid. That would bring a whole new context to, you know what I was thinking? It's like um, when Michael goes back to the the hotel with Star and then there's that sex scene. The, scene, the shot before, we see that Laddie is in the bed with Star. So is he just watching them during that time? Yeah, that's a little that's the implication. Weird. Yeah. I guess if he's yeah, 150 that's, years I'm, old. I'm kind of hoping they were like, go watch some TV. You know? Yeah. In this, in this, go watch, uh, in 1987, go watch some He Man. You know? Yeah. <laughs> go, go eat some Chinese food. Ah, yeah. it's maggots. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of weird. And kind of weird that nobody, yeah, you're right. Nobody uh, looks into the fact that these teenagers are riding around with this little kid on their bikes. Um, but, uh, you know, but still a, a, a great, I mean, it, we understand her motivation, right? She's, Yep. Um, and she's like a good and it, it makes me wonder, like, did, did who, you know, picked her out to become a vampire? I'd have to imagine it's David, right? It'd be creepy if Max was kind of like on her. Well, we'll get to Max in a second, but it looks like David is the recruiter. Yeah. And it's yeah. it all comes down to the plot line is that David brings them to their lair, feeds them his blood through the wine, mm-hmm. which is another thing that's creepy with Laddie. It's like, come here, little child, have some <laughs> bottle of wine. Yeah. It's like yeah. a child. Yeah. It's like a Kyle Dunnigan episode of a Michael Jackson. Yeah, I was about to say, anyway. speaking, speaking of Michael Jackson, <laughs> yeah. here's your Jesus, oh, Jesus juice, son. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, in the I mean, in the, with Michael's case, I think it was Max telling David to recruit him so that he could get close to Lucy. But yes. um, but yeah, I wonder what the deal with that kid and with Star was. But uh, yeah, still a great character. Nonetheless, I love Star. Um and uh, and yeah, she pierces his ear, and his ear is definitely going to get infected. I mean, like I doubt <laughs> oh, they had antiseptic pads my down there in the hotel. piercing was at Virginia Beach on a youth group trip when I was 15, a few months before I ran away from home, and my buddy Dorlees pierced my ear with a needle. And yes, it got infected. There was a lot of yeah. peroxide involved. I, yeah. I too may or may not, Matt, have a hole. In my left earlobe <laughs> from when I was 13. And I thought that that in my rat tail. Remember rat tails? I had a rat tail. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. I had a rat tail when I was 13. Yeah. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So, I was cooler than you when I was 13, Dad. Do you realize <laughs> yeah. that? You were, yeah, I guarantee you, Jackson, you were cooler than all of us. Oh, oh that <laughs> happened. Oh, yeah. Jackson at 13 was like doing karate and all this oh, stuff. See, yeah. I was just getting my, I was getting my butt kicked with my rat tail. <laughs> oh man. So let's talk about Max. We need to talk about Max. <laughs> let's talk about Max. Uh, the line to hell with Max became a thing with my buddies, Jeremy and Dorlees. I will still to this day, this was 1987. We're now in 2022. I will get a Facebook message from either my buddy Jeremy or my buddy Dorlees, and just it'll the the entire Facebook message will just be to hell with Max. That means the Lost Boys is streaming on Hulu, <laughs> and that's all because we went to see it at the drive-in every single time. And Edward Herman, great actor, great yes. actor, 
But and rest in peace. He died of brain cancer like eight years ago at the fairly now young age of 71. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the wardrobe for him. It's 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 great with the, with the uh, shoulder pads. Oh, my gosh. He looked like the creepy guy in the 80s, the 40 something guy who shopped at what was then. Most people won't know this. In the 80s, there was this like this teen MTV flavored 80s store in the mall. And it was either like merry-go-round or chess king. Oh, chess king. I remember chess king. Yes. It looks like he was shopping at chess king. <laughs> and I, think, I actually remember shopping at chess king. Well, I did too, but I was like 15. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It is fair 40s. Enough. Yeah. And anybody who is shopping at a teenager store in their 40s, they have a storage facility with clown makeup and strange <laughs> clothes in it. Uh, <laughs> that's a warning sign, folks. Yeah, it's a little weird. Like, yeah, it's a little weird. But what did you think of Max, Joel? Well, the funniest part to me about that character is I don't know, Jackson, if you growing up, did you ever read Geronimo Stilton books? I did. Yes, he does. He definitely gives those vibes. No, but, but here's the thing. Did you ever listen to the audiobooks for mm-hmm. Geronimo Stilton? No, no. Okay. So a lot of times, you know, we're doing car drives, we're riding all around with our kids and stuff. And it's and when they were little, we would get these audiobooks in the library and they had the whole Geronimo Stilton series on audiobook. Well, here's the thing. He is the one who does the narration and all the voices for Geronimo Stilton. So my kids growing up know his voice. So the second he comes on screen, they're like, they get this weird look on their face. I was like, yep. And I just went, yep, that's Geronimo (laughs) Stilton. (laughs) Yeah, I bet that twist worked better on them. They're like, he's my evil rap professor. You're like, yeah, "Mm." Yeah, no, no, he's more than that. Although I will say my, I don't, this, that's the one of the, when I, earlier on when we were having discussion and I heard there's a few moments in this movie, not only is his wardrobe on the goofier side, I mean, it is the eighties to be fair, but it is on the goofier side. But on top of that, his makeup at the end is so not scary. <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. It, it's, it's totally ridiculous. absurd. It is so like because all the other ones they look good, like they, you know. And, and why just, does he stick his tongue out? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, is, that is so stupid. It is so dumb looking. It doesn't remotely look scary no. at all. That's one of those where the actor goes, I got a great idea, Joel. I'm going to I'm going to do this thing with it. And and, the, and then the proper response is, yeah, how about we do this? We'll do one take for you and then one take. Right. Without it. Just and we'll see in the end. We'll see right. which one works. I love that. My one of my favorite stories is when Robert Altman was shooting McCabe and Mrs. Miller. And he was he's he's shooting a scene late at night. And it's one of Dave Dr. Shock Becker's favorite movies, mm-hmm. McCabe and mm-hmm. Mrs. Miller. And I do love the movie. And he's shooting it. And uh, Warren Beatty is like, well, let's do it this way. Let's. OK, Warren. OK. And they shoot like three or four different ways for Warren Beatty. And, you know, like one of the PAs or somebody goes, which one do you want me to, you know, take tonight for dailies tomorrow? He goes, oh, there was no film in the camera for any of those. <laughs> See, that's a smart director right there. Yeah. They, yeah. they should have done that for Ishtar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All of the it, camera yeah. for the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that story. It's like, oh, I didn't I didn't I didn't shoot any of those. We yeah. were just standing here. <laughs> just, oh, man. Um, but uh, Jackson, I mean, how familiar were you with Edward Herman? And, you know, I, other than the audience. <laughs> 
<laughs> what you've been talking about. I mean, as an actor, what did you think? I, I, well, I think he's great in the movie. I'm not too familiar. I'm sure I've seen him in something else. Um, or maybe oh, I'm just remembering he's his face. In the Practice and Gilmore Girls, and because my wife's favorite show is the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yeah, I hate that show. But anyway, she's. <laughs> I, I, I love the Family Guy you know, parody of the Gilmore girls were, you know, but other than that, I can't stand it. But anyway, but she loves and she he's the father in that. But other than that, but even that crappy show, I always think he's good. Yes, mm-hmm. he is a really good actor. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 great in this. And and yeah, I mean, to talk about his wardrobe briefly, you guys were getting, uh, you know, like uh, chess king or whatever. I don't even know what that is. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make you both. Feel old. I'm going to kill you. It. Plus, he's got the old lady glasses with the chess king gear yes. on, which yeah. is really weird. Yeah, yeah but uh, but it's very to me, it's it's very David Byrne and stop making sense. It's that yes, kind of uh, it is. Good, good call. Yeah, yeah so, nice, buddy. So I was, you know, he's one step away from from going. I got a girlfriend, and you know, but uh, <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah. my son, I am proud. You should be, you should be very proud. I am very proud. Yes. But uh, yeah, but he's oh man, he's great. And, you know, it is silly at the end, right, when he transforms and does the tongue sticky out thing. It's very Dave Grohl and Pick of Destiny, right? It's Tenacious D. Like, it's very that. It's like, I can't be intimidated by you, Dave Grohl. I'm sorry. Um, But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's still it's still I think it's a good twist. I remember the first time I watched it being surprised by that because. I mean, because they pretty much cheat a little bit with having him, you know, since he was invited in, none of the vampire right. things work on him. So they kind of cheated a little bit. But um, and there's a, a cut scene. There's a deleted scene where he like uh, rescues Lucy from the from uh, the, from David's gang. Like he like directly intervenes and stops them. Uh-huh. From like, so that would have even set, that would have even cheated it even more. It's like this guy can't be, you know, uh, a right. vampire. But I think it still works for me, especially when I watched it the first time. And it's fun to rewatch it with like thinking about what his motivations are this time around, knowing, you know, he's telling them to get out of the store because he wants he doesn't want them to blow his cover. He, it's not because he actually doesn't like them. Uh, and and Thorne is growling at them because he's like, hey, you're going to blow our cover. You know, <laughs> he's like, I'm I'm the I'm the watchman dog. Uh, my job is to keep make sure people don't know he's a vampire. So it's it's interesting to watch it with that kind of thing in mind. But he's great in it. Like, I love the the stuff with him being kind of like the dorky stepdad type guy. Like I love that that uh, that character, and honestly, in a different movie, I would I would have loved to see a rom com between Diane Weist and, and Edward Herman. I think that would be fun. Uh, because <laughs> well, they he's that. dead, so that's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, we get to heaven. But anyway, well, well oh, wait, what about like a redo of Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> oh great! <laughs> oh man! Well, no, he's we been have... de- dead for eight years, so that would be a little hard to pull <laughs> okay, off. Okay, I mean. Right? You know, no, I got, unless got he had solution. a really good embalmer. But yeah, I've got, I, I've got the solution. We Peter Cushing Rogue One, Star Wars Rogue One, it where he's just we got <laughs> CGI Edward Herman yeah. making out with Diane Weiss. Yeah, uh, yeah let's, let's make that happen. Um, well, or or we do the weekend at Bernie thing. It's Jamie Gertz and Jason Patrick have got him on their shoulders. I would see works. Jamie Gertz and J- Jason Patrick in something today. I would. Now, um, real quick, two things that I want to touch on before we wrap this up. One is a supporting cast. I know, I know because I know you two want to talk about I'm not as big a fan as you two. I'm just saying Alex Winter. I love Alex Winter. I know you do and I know Jackson does too. Alex Winter has actually tweeted to Jackson 
Now, is this yeah, I, full disclosure? Let's make sure here, Jackson, you probably would know the answer to this, but I don't. Is Alex Winter someone you ever cross paths with in real life, Matt? Because if 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 so, maybe no. you're feeling okay. Good. Okay. No, 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 no. I never have never met the man. Okay. I just I know that you're a fan and Jackson's a fan. Okay. So I want to give you this time to geek out over okay. Alex. Winter. Sorry for cutting you off, Jackson. I just want to clarify there wasn't like an internal bias because he's he's no, met no. a real person. Jackson, <laughs> Alex Winter tweeted to Jackson about what was it your Halloween costume one year? Or? Yeah, it was a uh, for for school. It was like a Spirit Day costume, and me and my friend went as Bill and Ted. And and uh, of course, I mean, he didn't just find it. That'd be kind of creepy if he was looking for like. Well, <laughs> I I tweeted at uh, Alex Winter, and he was like, "Cool cosplay, guys," and you know that was fun. And he said, "I love." You know, I love Bill and Ted, of course. Um, and I, I think maybe, though, I saw this first. So my first uh, exposure to him was uh, Perm Mullet. Uh, so I don't know how I, I well, went right on Bill and Ted with was no Death bias. Wish 3. So, but go ahead. With what? I didn't hear what you yeah. said there. Death Wish 3. Oh, Death Wish. I always forget he was in that. Because yep. he's a small part. He's one of the like punks, right? He's one of the punks. And one of the things I have against Alex Winter is when they interviewed him for that Canon Films documentary, he was like putting down like, I'm not into violence. And, and this was just a ripoff. And even Charles Bronson didn't want to do it. I'm like, okay, dude, but you're getting a little preachy and you were in it. Yeah. Yeah, it is a little weird. Like when not once you've cashed the paycheck to like in hindsight – Yes, whole, like, I, uh, I yeah. don't like that. And that's one of the he reasons I don't like Alex. He literally I, made freaks rules. Exactly. I, I love freaks. I love no, it. I, Jackson, it's you and me, buddy. I love freaks. I think it's you, a fun movie. You but... can have it. I, I did listen to the episode, Joel, and Retro Movie Geek. Guys, you can it, check it out. You? Didn't convince you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Here's why. You know, I can understand. Freak is like a trauma movie, okay? It's oh, like, it's, I, it's yes. It's I don't understand how he could like make freak and then be like, oh, Canon films. You know, that's just low Here, class. Here's what, I will say this. I'm going to I'm going to play devil's advocate for a hot second here. From what I understand, I, Michael Winter, he was the guy who directed Death Wish 3, right? Mm hmm. The guy was from uh, allegedly a total D bag. Like, yes. Was yes. it the uh, what's her name from uh, Next Generation that played? Um, oh, she's in it. She's like. Attacked. Yeah, well, she's the rape victim in it. Yeah, yeah. she's a rape victim, but she's like full yeah. naked, like right. And they, but like yeah. apparently, I remember her. Is it one of her interviews? She talked about like he basically left her there naked, and she was like cold, and it was just yeah, he was, yeah. He was a he was a he was a real prick. And I, yeah, I feel like I, I always I would have liked it better if Winter went after that. Like if he went after exactly. yeah, I like the the director was a total jerk off, and <laughs> I I completely agree with that. But the problem was he was like talking about how. Charlie Bronson didn't even want to be in this. This is a crap movie. It's completely misogynistic and violent. And I'm sitting there going, you're the one on that. You're the one playing the character on that woman's hood going, give it to me, B, give it to me. And I'm like, OK, you know what? I understand hindsight is 2020. But you you kind of have to own things too, buddy. Yes, and it's it's really easy always in hindsight to look back at these things and 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 use the the sort of academic lingo of the current yeah. moment to try to make yourself sound above it all because you want to make sure you have your 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 pass when they come at you on Twitter. Uh, but all I'm, exactly. saying, I'm not saying that's what he was doing. I'm just saying that that's what a lot of people. No, do. that's what they're doing. But I'm I I don't know about you, Joel. I I occasionally listen to Adam Carolla's podcast. Yes. I love Adam Carolla. And one of the things he says is, here's how you avoid cancel culture. Don't apologize. There it is. And honestly, that I don't know why. The thing that I can't quite wrap my 
brain around is that aspect of it. Like the, I, you have a handful of people and they're bots because let's be honest, yes. it's probably literally like five people and a bunch of bots. Yes. And either a, if especially if you're a celebrity, like why would you even be? Why would you be on? I get it from narcissism purposes why you'd be, but you have people. Like there's no doubt in my mind, the vast majority of celebrities have quote unquote people. Have them put out your stuff so that people know what you're doing and all that. That's great. But hey, why would you even want to be there? It's that whole idea. Like you all never right. read the comments. You never interact. What are you worrying about? Like so people think you're a an, an isterophobe or whatever. Who gives a crap? You know what you are. You know you're not that. So screw them. Some random like whatever happened to that idea. Exactly. That, Don't that, call your names, okay? So don't I, apologize. Do no, not apologize. He was a struggling actor in 1985. Like to uh, the idea that you could be like, yeah, I realize this is a really. It'd be like, uh, you know, if if after a big guy spit in your grave, David has to come out and be like, yeah, you know, really shouldn't have done that movie. Like you were a struggling actor, you know, and and, it's and that's like, what you say. It's the same thing that used to happen in the 80s when we grew up. It was like. Why are there nude photos of you in Playboy? I needed the money. You yeah, you money. just you, yeah, and you just move on. You don't and, apologize. And McJudgerson, right? It's easy for you to say thirty years later what was yes. right and wrong. <laughs> One of the reasons I love Paul Newman, even though I politically I'm to the right of the late Paul Newman, but Paul Newman was asked about McCarthyism and about the people who, you know, name names, and he said, "Well, it's easy today to say." what you would have done then. Mm-hmm. Yep. And one of my, that's, that's my, yes. when, one of my not, favorite, li one of my favorite lines was, yep. is all the people today that w immediately, if you, if you said, okay, Nazis are running Germany, you're a German citizen, you know, what do you do? Oh, I would, I would stand up. Uh, I would go oh, shut up. You would have, no, you yeah. wouldn't have, no, no, you wouldn't have. And cause statistically speaking, no, because the few people that did, <laughs> they ended up in a concentration yeah. camp and dead. Yeah. 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 So it's really like, easy to say what you would do when you're sitting on your keyboard on your social media platform of choice. Yeah. Real easy. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, my hero, no, my, one of my theological heroes, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he did stand up and he was executed naked with piano wire. Yeah, there so, it is. Yeah. I think that's the one catch. If you look at historically, the people that actually, the ones that we really should admire because they were these strong, the people that walked the walk, they didn't just yeah. talk the talk. Like 98% of them died horribly. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so you have to be willing to do that. that that's my problem with Alex Winter. I know you guys love Bill and Ted. I still I'm not as there. huge Bill and Ted fan as you two are. I know Jackson, I've heard you, Joel, talk about it. Jackson, I've heard you talk about it. I know you're big Bill and Ted fans. I I like it. I don't love it, but I just I don't like Alex Winter. But that that's okay. But let's let's move on to a cheerier subject. We've mentioned it before, before we wrap up, the soundtrack. Yeah, it's great. Oh, Jackson. Just, just like Alex Winter, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jackson, you're the musician. What do you think of the soundtrack? Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's a great soundtrack. It's one of those those classic things where I think they work in. The, it's a perfect amount of both like licensed music and, uh, you know, like a, original soundtrack. And I love the original soundtrack. And even the way that like Cry Little Sister sort of acts as scoring, you know what I mean? That that uh -huh. that, yeah. that like kind of eerie sense like that comes in at several times without the actual song playing. I agree. Um, 
So yeah, that's that's just perfect for the movie. Um, yeah, it's 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 a great soundtrack. I even love. I'll, I'll fess up to this. I love the the saxophone man uh, beach yeah. sweaty beach boardwalk thing. <laughs> yeah. Now that that's just about as easy as you can get. But yes. uh, yeah, I love that that scene. I have to admit. And I, you know what, I uh, I, I don't know what this, this says about me, but uh, I I think I would be. That's what I would be doing at the boardwalk. I wouldn't be getting my ears pierced or in the comic book store. I would be at the saxophone. I was just saying, I think you were saying you would be the oiled up saxophone. Sure. Okay. If I listen, I'm going to start learning now. That's going to be my future. And someday I'm going to start busking, and that's going to be that's going to be oh, me. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I I love the sound. I don't know how many mixtapes I made in the '80s with songs from this soundtrack, especially "Cry Little Sister." It's I've owned it on cassette, CD. Ah. Oh. I love so it. So it was it was Cry Little Sister and Big Bottom from uh, Spinal Tap on your mixtape. <laughs> well, it depended on who the mixtape was for. If it was for a girl, one of my girlfriends, Cry Little Sister would be on it. If it was for a dude, because I'd have parties and I'd play music that guys were like, "What? What is this?" And I'd be like, "Ah, I'll send it to you." And I I, I would put Big Bottom from Spinal Tap on that one. Yeah, it just depended. Can I say something? I mean, can I have a can I tell you guys to talk about that? Okay, sorry. I just real quick want to interject this. I love uh, Cry Little Sister. It's a fantastic song. I'd be I honestly, I would be hard pressed to come up with a song that better sets a tone for a movie in open in an opening frame, right? Than that song. But and I think I called it Running in the Shadows earlier. It's actually not it's Lost in the Shadows, so sorry Lost for the shadows, Luke yeah. Graham. Yeah. I actually think I like that song better overall, though. I I don't know what in with that motorcycle that scene. I love it. I love the way that I also played. love Good Times with NXS and Jimmy Barnes. I like yeah. that song. That's a good song too. Yep. Jackson, what about you? Yeah, I love it all. And I, I heard that the I was reading this in the IMDb trivia that the only reason Kiefer Sutherland did it, uh, like did the film, he was reluctant to be in it, is because he heard that NXS was going to be on the the soundtrack, and he he had yeah. spent time in Australia as a kid, and he was like, oh, NXS. So, and it's weird for me to say he spent time in Australia as a kid and heard NXS, and I forget that he was 17 when he made this movie. That's so yep. crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, but that that was a, a, a key deciding factor in him doing this. And I, I also heard that Jason Patrick was afraid to do Lost Boys because he thought it would be exploitation, uh, which is so funny, but uh, because, you know, speed two. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, for Kiefer Sutherland, it was NXS, and I guess uh, it was Joel Schumacher for, for Lost Boys. I don't know, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm so glad we got the cast we did and the soundtrack we did because one uh, of the best soundtracks ever in a oh moment, yeah in my opinion so let's talk about our rating and recommendations because joel's got a heart out here in a few minutes i will go first i know this movie has flaws like there are lines like so check it out mikey and i'm like <laughs> yeah what, the, what is that but anyway and but and this may be i don't know to use a term maybe coined by joel C and D. It's well, a coin, 10 coin 10 by 10. me and my, my former co-host, Jason Grooms. All right. You Full and credit. Jason Groom. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. I love this movie. I can just watch it over and over and over again. This is on my honorable mentions of greatest horror movies. And I know that Wolfman also loves it, too. It's on his honorable mention. So, Jackson, here's oh, the, what's yes. your thing. 
It's scary. Uh, no, not really. I don't think you'll be disappointed in me. But uh, yeah, well, one thing I wanted to say before I rate it, it's a very like one thing I noticed this time around that I never noticed. And I like to mark these things down, like with each subsequent rewatch. It's got a very like literary ending, doesn't it? It's a very odd ending. We don't get a fade out with like like them driving away from uh, the, the town or anything. We, get, we end on like a one liner and then like, it's fades the best. Credit. that is my favorite. Thing oh, this whole movie. The, yeah. I love that yeah. moment. I love it's it. It's very All Stephen the- King. Isn't it? I will go ahead and say it. All the damn, damn vampires. Man. The one yeah. thing about Santa Clara, I couldn't never stomach. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't even talk it's about Grandpa. Great. Grandpa is great in this movie. Oh, but, he is. He yeah. is. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go eight point five on this one. I think that's where I'm at right now. Uh, when I first watched it, I was an eight point five. I'm still an eight point five now. Uh, I think it's it is definitely a classic. I mean, 1987 was maybe one of the best years for film ever. I mean, there yeah. were so many great movies that year. Um, Mannequin, that which summer. we've already mentioned. Oh, Mannequin, <laughs> yes, my favorite. Uh, but I mean, you mentioned Predator, and I mean, there yeah. there we have that that yeah. too. So, great year for movies. Um, I mean, we also had Master of the Universe, but uh, you know, hey. I mean, if you're a He-Man fan, <laughs> that was there for you. To be fair, I haven't watched the full movie, but okay. uh, well, there you, know. you go. You should. Okay, maybe yeah. I'll maybe I'll go in. I'll go in and do that. But, garbage uh, pail, Ki- garbage pail kids. The movie also came no. out. Oh <laughs> boy, are you going to mention Super Mario Brothers in a minute? I mean, come on. <laughs> was that eighty nine? So that was eighty nine. That was eighty nine. Is this how did this get made? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so my list right now, just to be clear, I've got Solar Babies, uh, Masters of the Universe, uh, uh, garbage pail no, kids. The movie, garbage pail no, kids. You don't. So, no, you don't. That's what I'm walking away with. No, here. you don't. And maybe if I have time, I'll get to that Jason Patrick uh, war movie where the Russians yes, speak. That that's, a, that's actually a good movie. So yeah, <laughs> maybe if I get maybe if I have time, that, oh, that's sure. at the back burner, though. Okay. Garbage Pail Kids is, is at the top. Top, top tier, so, maybe. All 8. right. 5, no, I say buy. Uh, yeah, it's a buy. I own it. I have owned it in every ideation. But, Joel, I know you got a heart out here in a few minutes. What is your rating? Is this is it possible that I'm the lowest on this episode? <gasps> what? what? No, come on. It's a 9.5. What do you guys? <laughs> there you go. Come on, man. No, it's a 9.5. It's a buy. It's an own. I have, I actually have it on VHS and my, again, my youngest, because God bless him. He actually like, can I have it? I was like, okay. So he, he, he wanted it on VHS. <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, no, I love this movie, dude. Hard. And it gets better with each, like, I actually, I've heard people say like, oh, some movies get better with each viewing. I think this one actually does get better with each watch. I, and uh, it, Near Dark is still my all over favorite, but it's this I, one and Fright Night are always kind of right back and forth for number two. I can't fault you for that because they're both great movies. They yeah, yeah. really are great movies. That's so. another big anniversary coming up, right? Near Dark. Yeah, Near this Dark. year, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was 87 as well. Yeah. Crazy. So, all right. Thank you to our supporters at Patreon. So, one of those is thank you, Joel. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> personal <laughs> thanks. Yes, thank you. <laughs> all proceeds go to help put Jackson, an aspiring horror filmmaker, through film school. You can become one for as little as two dollars and fifty cents a month. You can be on the podcast, suggest a movie, listen to bonus episodes, watch Jackson's bonus reviews, and vote in our annual horror Oscars. You can also find more at fatherandsonwatchhorror.com and on Twitter at fathersonhorror. And we have a closed Facebook group which you can join. So, Joel, thanks for being on again. Where can they find you? Because you're not on socials much, but 
<laughs> on purpose. Because when, when I run my yapper on a podcast, I don't need to hear everybody's opinion on it. Um, yeah, I, I uh, can be found, uh, of course, Richard Movie Geek, Terror on the Tube. Check those out. And, of course, Jay of the Dead's new horror movies. Uh, always fun over there. Um, I think they're recording this afternoon and I wasn't intending to be a part of that recording because we recorded uh, last Sunday and, and, but it would be the first time that all seven of us would be on at the exact same time. So I think what I told Jay was, is I literally will like pop in for about 30 seconds. So technically, (laughs) technically (laughs) I have like a cameo. So technically we're all there, but uh, no, it's a lot of fun. Should absolutely check that out. Jay's finally figured out that putting out 10 hour long podcasts, Maybe something he doesn't want to do all the time. So he's yeah. actually breaking them up to where they're more manageable. <laughs> for yeah, everybody. good idea. Yeah, everybody needs to listen to Retro Movie Geek. And it also, Werewolf. My One of my favorite was Werewolf. Oh, yeah, with him. And that was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. that was fantastic. So, uh, so, Jackson, where can you be found? First of all, I just want to say, Joel, you're going to be having a cameo like Kelly Jo Minter in this in this movie. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Get into that. You see, like over uh, Diane Weiss' shoulder. I know. Come yeah. on, man. We need more yeah. Kelly Jo. Kelly Jo should have been Jeez. this more. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I think that this this cast would have been too star studded. I think they had to dial it back. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so you can find me on Twitter. Kane underscore hero 12. That's K-A-I-N-E underscore hero 12. You can find my letterbox and my YouTube from there. Uh, yeah, got lots of fun stuff coming up. We got uh, we got, uh, got a bonus pod that I'm editing right now. So look forward to that on the Patreon. But uh, but yeah, you can also follow. You can I I will be on Twitter, so you can scream at me for my takes. I think I keep it pretty uncontroversial, but I don't know. Maybe you love you love 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 Masters of the Universe, and you're gonna come after me. So, uh, you know, my DMs are open, so you can vent. Yeah, whatever. I I can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd as at Pastor Matt R. Thank you so much for listening. We have an upcoming episode covering Hellraiser with Trey Whetstone from Screaming Through the Ages. Jackson, say goodbye to good people. Goodbye, and remember to stay clear of the second shelf of Grandpa's fridge, because I'm pretty sure Oreos aren't the only treats he's hiding in there. That's <laughs> the hunch. Oh, that's all, folks. Remember, the family that watches horror together slays together. See you next time. Once again, I want to thank our patrons. Uh, Trey Whetstone from Screaming Through the Ages. Check out that podcast, one of my favorite solo casts, but the guest episodes are amazing. Uh, Stefan Sitter, Ryan Bratton. Check out our Entity episode. That was just one episode ago, so you don't have to go back far. Uh, Pearl and Greg from Land of the Creeps. Thank you guys so much. Nick Stumpf. Uh, thank you, as always. Kevin Corpy. Joel Robertson from this episode. What's he doing on here? Uh, Ian West. Ian Urza. He's been on the podcast before. Greg Russell. Greg Bench podcast favorite thank you so much dave becker dr shock thank you so much dan george chad stice from true tales of terror podcast carl davis brian scott otherwise known as horror movie fanboy one of our favorite guests and and twitter friends billy d ashley pinkard barely ashley from uh, headlong into monsters one of our favorites and of course amy swan uh, our, our most loyal fan thank you guys so much you make this podcast possible Uh, be, before we before we officially start, if yes. we go if we go past, I don't know that we will because you guys are usually much better about this than I am. If we were to go past around say three thirty, 
I need yeah. to break for like two minutes just to go throw a uh, casserole dish in a oven so my wife isn't mad at me. <laughs> I do not want your wife to be mad at okay. you. So I appreciate that. I, I understand that. So. And my no. wife won't really get mad. She'll just give me that disappointed face, which is way worse. And it's which is yeah. worse. Yeah, that yeah, really is. It really is. That's worse. You'd rather just raise your voice than get the look. I, I have told my exactly. congregation that uh, the goal of a husband during the day is not to get the look. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I, yeah my wife never yells. I don't know that I've ever really heard her yell but she she's got the look down she definitely has that like really well but i mean you have an arranged marriage since you were like it, what 12 so uh 13 come on man okay. we're not we're not, not right. we're in the south but we're not creepy we're not like creepy <laughs> oh. south <laughs> <laughs> 